Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. Here we talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter what the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly, and happy reinventing, folks. Hello! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Power of Reinvention. Hi, Warren. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I am so delighted to have you here on my show today. Um, very excited that we're getting to have a conversation in this environment and forum. You and I have known each other for so many years. I dare not count. Um, would, wouldn't want to do that to either of us, but the <laughs> fact that we're getting to have this conversation in this environment is really special. Um, I want to just introduce a little bit about your background and context as to who you are and why I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Uh, so Warren is an accomplished marketing executive with accolades spanning various industries. His current role is SVP of Business Development, Global Licensing and Experiences at Crayola, one of our favorite and most beloved brands. He has also held positions at MGM, 20th Century Fox, and Warner Brothers, and the rest we are going to talk about. But Warren's job touches on so many aspects of Marketing, brand management, sales management, promotions, experiences, licensing, product placement and sponsorship, retail strategy, revenue and profit growth, event management, and just really extraordinary tangents to probably one of the most well-known brands since our childhood. And the legacy of this brand is so extraordinary. So I'm really excited from a business standpoint um, to chat with you today, Warren, just because I've you know been watching through our years in the business together, all that's evolved. So we're going to talk about that sort of reinvention of the Crayola brand. And uh, before we go there, though, we're going to talk a little bit more about you and how you got to be where you are at the helm of such an extraordinary brand. Well, Kathy, I'm going to say thank you for that introduction. I think I have to hire you as my publicist. So that was pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty embellished. Thank you. Um, well, you, but it you is great to be here. Easy to work with. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, look, we've been passionate about this business and this industry for our entire careers. So we're just fortunate to still be with the industry, working with the industry and helping it grow. And same is true of our brand. Yeah, it's wonderful. So before we delve too much further into that incredible topic, um, I do want to just kind of chat a little bit more about Warren, Warren Shore, who you are, where you came from, and who was that five-year-old Warren? Did you have any idea you'd be doing what you are today? <laughs> Did you have dreams and passions of, you know, I wanted to be the doctor, the lawyer, or the entrepreneur doing the lemonade stand? Were there any early signs of, you know, where you'd end up and doing what you're doing? And, you know, what, what was that like as far as the evolution of how you got to be where you are doing what you're doing today. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a heavy question. Um, I think there are lots <laughs> of little touch points 
in everybody's life that leads them to where they are. You, you know, we do say as an industry, nobody starts out saying, you know, I really want a career in the licensing industry. That's, you know, I've always sure. wanted to do that because nobody knows what yeah. licensing is. We fall into What's licensing. Um, if we look across our industry, our industry is made up of creative people. And no one comes into the industry saying, hey, I want to be in the licensing business. But if you look back at most of us who started in the industry or who became part of the industry, when we were kids, we we're probably among the creative kids mm-hmm. because that's at the heart of what this industry is. We're, we're a bunch of creatives. We think outside the box. We connect the dots. We think not necessarily linearly. Um, and I think that is a truth of the industry. And I was that way as a child, certainly. Um, sometimes that. a little bit, probably obnoxiously, but yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know more about that. Um, were you, did you grow up? Are you living in the same place you grew up? Did you move oh, around? No. So I was born in New York city. I moved to California about when I was nine, 10 years old, um, first to, uh, the Palos Verdes area and then ultimately settled in the, Orange County area of Fountain Valley. And I grew up there, went to college in San Diego and um, graduated San Diego State University. And my start in the industry, aside from some things I did before I really got into the business, was working in the early days of the Warner Brothers studio stores. I came on board at store number 38. I was on the ground floor, on the floor of a store selling, uh, thanks Amazing. to, uh, people who believed in me. Um, I rose through the ranks of the animation art group that sold all the cells and the animation art in the back of the store, eventually becoming the oh, national yeah. marketing I was manager involved in that business. For, well, my job at the very end, and it was probably in some ways my best job I ever had was I was handholding the late career and tours of Chuck Jones and Joe Barbera and Iwo Takamoto and the, the voice cast of Batman and the voice cast of Animaniacs. Oh, and I yeah. knew them all. Yeah. I went to wow. Skywalker no, Ranch some with of those Joe studios and, Yeah. And Mel Blaine. I was at Skywalker. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, Mel had died. I knew, I knew Noel real well. But I handheld uh, Joe as we went to Skywalker Ranch and did a speaking engagement. I threw Chuck Jones' 85th birthday party. Um And I got to know the advantage not only was getting to know the animators. This is my introduction to licensing. I got to know Dan Romanelli and George Jones really well. Mm -hmm. And between the two of them and Karen McTeer and Karen Weiss of the Warner Brothers, Karen Weiss, not the accessory innovation, Karen Weiss, who we knew also, but they allowed me the opportunity to transition from a stores management, you know, a a marketing management role to licensing. And there I got to work with Cindy Levitt at Hot Topic. And I helped introduce Warner Brothers to Hot Topic with the first ever Looney Tunes program there. And that opened my eyes to the opportunity behind um, licensing, which was so big and so vast. And I loved it. Uh, when I left, I went to 20th century Fox. I was fortunate to be able to rebuild a lot of their brands. They were 
sort of coming off of their 10 year anniversary of Simpsons. They were on a lull. We rebuilt the Simpsons business, rebuilt the family guy business, helped put it back on air of American dad had just, was just about to debut. We had Buffy, the vampire slayer, alien, Rocky horror picture show match, all of these wonderful IP that had languished. So I had the, the, uh, the distinction of being able to help rebuild those brands by creating new style guides, finding retail introduction strategies and apparel licensing strategies. So I got to touch all the sides of the business. I've been a retailer. I've been a licensor in each capacity. And I've also been a manufacturer. And before I started with Warner Brothers, I owned a small clothing company of my own. So I've been on every side of the business. Oh, wow. So wait, your own clothing company, was that in juniors, adults, men, women? We're talking the 1990s. Yeah. So if you remember back to the 1990s, late, early 90s, there was a trend for baggy beach pants. They were either double Velcroed or they were drawstring beach pants. And there were about five or six companies, mostly based out of Southern California and San Diego. And we helped to actually start that trend. And I had distribution across the country. Unfortunately, um, I was there also at the demise of the surfwear industry in 1991. We kind of shut the business down, but it was a great education. And it taught me a lot about- I was going to say, yeah. Being an entrepreneur and thinking like an entrepreneur as well. Right. And what, so I've seen what all sides of the table think about and care about. And I think that's helped me as I look at strategies for Crayola and, and MGM and others, because we're sort of looking at it from a multifaceted standpoint. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I love that. And look, you know, the, the question I asked about where you started is is so critical because I think people don't realize, they think, you know, you kind of woke up one day and you're at the helm of an amazing brand and you're doing this work. And it's so fascinating to see all the things that it took along the way for you to amass insights, knowledge, experience, relationships that are informing what you're doing today, how you do it. And you know, really, it's it's very special and very unique. And I think everybody has to sort of not take for granted who they are when they bring themselves to a job, a position, a business that they're creating. And I love what you've been able to share just in that alone, because, you know, you really did sort of get all of that. Well, one of the things I wouldn't um, discount, Kathy, and I, I touched on it when I was talking about the people at Warner Brothers who inspired me. But if and you talked about the people you meet along the way, I would expand. It's just like the Warner Brothers. There were people at Fox, Peter Byrne, who is an industry you know legend and been in the business forever. Um, at MGM, I worked for Travis Rutherford and. Oh, yeah. um, Volman, Mike Volman, oh, Mike who's Volman, at right. Mike Volman is at, at Universal DreamWorks now, right? At DreamWorks, so you learn from these people. You adopt the the skills and the tactics. Like no one is really creating the playbook. We're all adopting the playbook that we see others run, and we learn from those ahead of us. We work with those who are with us. We follow in the footsteps who preceded us. And we hope to leave it to somebody after we move on to the next job. 
And, and that's yeah. the nature of licensing. It's a, it's a continuity play. It's not a here and now play. Well, I also love what you just said about the, you know, sort of adapting the playbook from other areas. And that's one thing, you know, as an agency owner in marketing, I work with entertainment, sports, fashion, experiential, retail and real estate, you know, lifestyle, all these different industries. And my funnest moments are when a client thinks thinks that I am such a genius because I'm taking something we do in the sports world and bringing it into the family entertainment world or something I do in the luxury and lifestyle industry and I bring it to the entertainment industry. And it's because we think with so many heads that we're able to be that much more creative, think that much more out of the box, not quote color between the lines, which is a funny thing to say to a Crayola person, but truly cross over industries and bring the creativity and the learning and the business innuendos from another industry into a different one. And that for me has been the greatest thing about my business, what I call my playground, where I get to be that creative across the aisles of different industries. And I love that you just kind of mention that because you are really doing that within your space and what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And, and by the way, we call ourselves Crayolians. There's actually a name for those <laughs> of us. Who are, we, we actively call ourselves Crayolians. Um, so, and, and have for I a very long time. I love that. So, so, so let me ask you this. I mean, we've alluded to it. Crayola is growing in leaps and bounds. We all grew up on the brand. It was one of the first most extraordinary. I'm watching life through my niece and nephew's eyes right now and reliving my own kids who are older, you know, their, their childhood. You know, Crayola is a brand that is in every home and every household from the, from the beginning. And you are doing an extraordinary job with your team in reinventing this brand, keeping it fresh, keeping it new, keeping it relevant and authentically staying. I mean, there was such heart and soul. And I know a lot because I see what you're doing. I, you know, I see it as it's unfolding as we're at the licensing show every year and what's to come. And I've had amazing conversations with various of your team members. Um, let's talk about the sort of the approach, the strategy in keeping the brand authentically with the integrity of what it is and what it stands for doing successful business. How, what is the lens through which you and your team look at how to create these brand extensions that you're doing and bringing the world of Crayola to people in new and different ways? It's so, it's so precious. Thank you. And, and let me, let me just pause and say, it isn't just my team. The entire company has the same singular focus. And I would as much say it's reinvention as I would also say it's evolution. And in the evolution is the core of what must always be held true. And that's our mission. So since 1903, when we were founded, our mission is to help parents and teachers raise creatively alive kids because we know that those children will grow up to become the leaders of tomorrow. Yeah. And, and it's a very lofty thing when you work for a mission-based company. 
it, it puts everything you do under one lens. Um, and you might tweak that lens as you look at adults, or you might tweak that lens if you're looking at the pet category or some other category. But at the heart of everything we do is, are we helping spark creativity in people's lives? Are we, are we bettering people? Are we just doing it to do it? And we would not just do it to do it. So that's the core of it. That's amazing. No, it's, it's, it's precious. So when you start to explore and delve into these different brand extensions or partnerships, and, you know, you're now creating sort of this beautiful experiential program, um, you know, it's not about people sitting around just coloring on a piece of paper. How, what is the lens through which you look at how to bring the brand to life and create experiences that speak to the color story, the, you know, the, the values, the, all the wonderful things that you're doing. And as I shared, I just had a conversation with one of your licensees that is bringing this flowers, the Crayola flowers program to life. But I think the experiential thing is the things that is going to be sort of this magical experience for people to kind of step into the world of Crayola. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing with that? Yeah. And I think it's a great example of evolution and reinvention. People don't realize Crayola has been in the experiential space for now just over 25 years. So 25 years ago, um, Crayola came to the city of Easton, which is where we're based. And as part of a revitalization project, they helped fund and created uh, a facility called the Crayola Factory. Mm -hmm. Now, this factory was about 18,000 square feet. And we were two floors out of a floor, four floor building. And the first floor was ticketing. And the second floor was largely what I would call a craft hall. And even so, we had a couple hundred thousand people a year make the pilgrimage to Crayola to come see and learn how crayons were made and to engage in some, you know, creative activities. And it was a wonderful consumer experience. Right. And then about 10 years ago, um, our then president, Mike Perry, and Vicky Lozano, who is the head of the initiative, um, decided to rebuild the Crayola factory into something called the Crayola Experience. And we went from two floors to four floors. We went to 62,000 square feet. It was still very heavy into the arts and crafts, yep. but there was much more of an engagement involved. And we expanded the kind of crafts. We are now, 25 years later, uh, we've announced Pigeon Forge as our next location with a licensed partner. This will be the first one we don't own and operate ourselves. And we are building a whole new kind of Crayola experience. And it's built on five pillar principles. It has to be immersive. It has to be world building. The fun has to ladder up to something you can't do at home. This is why you'll come to a Crayola experience. All of our experiences must be modular so that we can reinvent them on a seasonal basis 
or take them on the road if need be. And the fifth pillar is, and it's eluding me, uh, I'll think about it in just a moment. Uh, yeah. Oh, and it must contain artifacts. You have to be able to see and understand what Crayola is all about and what creative experiences can look like. What does artwork look like that is inspiring to those who are starting out on their creative journey? Right. And have there ever been characters that have sort of blossomed from the Crayola brand, the IP around that, the content? I mean, you know, the the place that everybody's going in the industry, right? The toys, the brands, the IP. I mean, it's hard not to ask that question. I, I have a very strong opinion on this. So um, we do have mascots. They are our tip characters or our crayon crew, depending on what you want to refer to them as. They are the personification of certain colors. We have Denny, who's denim colored. We have Scarlet, who's scarlet, and Turk, who's turquoise, and so on and so forth. And they all have unique personalities. However, I want to be clear, they're mascots more than they are entertainment characters. Mm. And that's because I believe that mascots do a great service to a brand to help illustrate to the consumer why, how to engage. But I'm not certain that mascots are always storytellers because sometimes there's often, there's an inauthenticity if we're not very careful uh, when we take a mascot and we try to entertain with it. Because the mascot's there to sell product. So, yeah. yes, we have mascots. And we're building out more about the mascots. We're turning them into their own world. That will be part of our new Crayola experience. You will get to go see how our crayon crew help enable creativity in the world. And how you, as our guest, help enable that creativity, too. So, we're very excited. And... Mike Perry once said to me, and it was one of my favorite uh, quotes, he said, the Crayola experience is the physical manifestation of our mission. And I love that. That, So that is the goal of the Crayola experience is to bring our mission to life. Which is amazing. And it's a very fine line. And we don't see everybody always execute on that very well in, you know, in the, in the name of, growth and revenue and commercialization, sometimes people kind of lose grasp of the authenticity and the integrity of their brand. And, you know, they want to go in all those directions that aren't necessarily the best for the brand at the end of the day. And, you know, I think it's really interesting how tightly you understand as a company what the mission is, what the brand stands for how to bring it to life in a way that is so authentic and creates still this beautiful, educationally entertaining experience for people to really connect with. And you have an amazing program, and forgive me because it's escaping my mind right now what it's called, but really where you're bringing a lot of these values to light that has a very strong kind of um not so much colors of kindness. The colors of kindness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Talk about that. That's such an incredible program. And this is a great example of what I said, that this reinvention and evolution, it happens across the company. It's, it's not a licensing play. It's an everybody play. So, uh, uh, there is a team within Crayola who develops all of our crayon products and, 
during the uh, during COVID, they did. We do a lot of research work, and the first step was in the process of doing consumer insight work. We learned that hey, there was an opportunity to help children express themselves the way they see their world and the way they see their families. Because if you opened up a box of crayons, they weren't able to look in that box and see themselves, their Mm -hmm. own skin tone. So our first program called uh, Colors of the World, spearheaded by a very, very talented team, including Mimi Dixon from our marketing team and Kim Rumpilla and uh, uh, an entire team under Kim, who created this marvelous 24-count box that covered, I, I, it's in the 90 plus percentile of all skin tones in America. And they wow. did so by partnering with MAC cosmetic uh, cosmetologists so that we could say that within this 24 count box, if you blended them or individually col- use the individual colors, you could express the way you see yourself and your family. Right. And this was a marvelous extension of a brand and and it it was well received by the public and it was i'm not going to give the number but it was a huge launch for us with only three or four SKUs, a box of crayons a box of pencils a coloring book maybe a box of markers and it's a huge new business yeah in the process of doing that consumer insight work we then discovered that moms wanted to teach their children about um, kindness. They, they wanted their children to have emotional intelligence skills, and they wanted them to learn more, st- most importantly, about kindness skills. So we developed the same kind of program around kindness called Colors of Kindness. Again, a box of crayons, followed with a col- couple of coloring books and a box of markers and a box of pencils. And then the licensing team, headed by April Heron, yes. took that program, those colors, and created an art program based upon the names of those colors. So what used to be Purple Mountain's Majesty was now Rise Above, and Robin's Egg was uh, Sky Blue, Um, or or, or, um, I might be getting the name wrong. But a wonderful array of slogans, colors, and art, and from that was born a massive, massive program, an extension program of the original pack of crayons. And as of this week is a key component in a huge takeover event at Kohl's. And it is up to a thousand square feet on the floor of every Kohl's in America. And the key component are the boxes, colors of kindness, boxes of crayons, our colors of kindness, apparel extensions, Colors of Kindness products, including licensed products. It's a huge array of products headed up by Tiffany Moore and our partners at Retail Monster. And of course, our partners at Kohl's. And my my favorite thing about the whole thing was how the consumer responded. We went on a PR campaign to launch this and we garnered over 700 million impressions with our PR launch of this line with Cole. So truly an exceptional uh, launch, an exceptional campaign. And we're uh, hats off to our partners at Cole's. I, I really, I mean, it's extraordinary. And I think as people get to experience it and see it, 
you cannot take for granted the work that goes into the thinking and the authenticity and the creativity around building a program like this. But it's going to show up as such a beautiful and natural extension of the Crayola brand and how you're connecting with young people and their families. And I just, I remember when I first heard like a twinkle in your eye about this a couple of years ago at licensing show, and I was just blown away. I think I got goosebumps just hearing what you were planning on doing in the early stages. So congratulations on the launch of Coles and what an amazing time to be having that conversation. Um, Are you doing other collabs? I know you've had some really, really fun creative collabs, and a lot of our audience may not know all of them, but maybe you can just brag for a second about some of the the fun collabs that you guys have done. You mentioned Mac. Um, What are a few other interesting ones? I want to be clear. We did not have a collab with Mac. Mac was wonderful. They they provided us a lot of know-how and a lot of insights around cosmetology and, and color. We, we haven't had a collab yet with Mac. Okay, so I was going to say, not yet. Mac, if you're watching this, I'd like to talk. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll organize Let, that talk. for sure. Um, but, but others, you have done some yeah, really cool ones. You want to brag look, for a moment about them because they're pretty special. Rather than brag, I, 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 I like talking about how collabs work to build the business. And not everyone sees it because they don't see what gets what. Yeah. We had a collab with 12 fashion designers at Bloomingdale's. That in turn got us a collab with Clinique. Mm, and by the way, that was amazing. That was a global phenomenon. Um, and that in turn got us a relationship with Sally Hansen. And that was so successful. Sally Hansen repeated it four times in a row. Amazing. That in turn got us a relationship with other collabs, including our collab last year with Vans and our collab with Vans got us an even bigger one with Kohl's. What collabs do is they allow you to do one of two things. They can open up a marketplace to you or they can open up a category to you. So in apparel, it's used extensively to validate in a, in a category. And then you can take your brand into that category. We've done that. We're doing it today in the toy category. We announced this week a collab with MGA's LOL Surprise. But instead of just a collab on the dolls, yep. we are actually also announcing a collab licensing program. And we're taking the artwork that was used to create the dolls and create an entire multi-category program that we'll be taking out to retail. So again, collabs are a vehicle to extend the brand, to validate the brand in space and allow you to then follow up with branded executions. And, and, you know, it all sounds so natural and obvious, but the work and the timing and the partnerships to bring these beautiful and brilliant ideas to life we know is, is not an easy road. Um, no. What about scent? Are you doing much? Scent feels like it would be a natural extension to color. Are you playing with scent at all, if I may ask? You can. And I will, I will tell you, we do play with scent. Um, a little known fact that Crayola crayons are the 18th most recognized scent in the world. 
Wow. Just on their own as 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I can smell it. I say it and you can smell it. It's that powerful. Yeah. So we have played with scented products at Kohl's today, our scented uh, candles. We've played in scented soaps earlier this year. We play with a line called Silly Scents, which is mashing of scents and allowing kids to play with scented bath products. And of course, the core of that is our Silly Scented um, markers, crayons, and pencils. So it's always rooted in the brand and we extend outwards. And by the way, I do want to give credit to April. I give credit to April Heron again, but also Rachel Hack, who has been brilliant in bringing us our collapse and especially in the apparel space, extending, extending yeah. it out. Well, your team is a, you know, I, I never see all star team. Me. Yeah, no, they're and, and beautiful people, like really good people. And it's just, no, it's, so, it's such a joy. I think you as a company, not only do you have this fabulous brand, but you have a team that makes it so wonderful to work with and to do business with and to explore ideas with. And, you know, not everybody has that. And I think that well, is something to be very proud of. Kathy, it's interesting because that's a statement about, to some degree, the state of our licensing industry yeah. and where Crayola is as a company. So the licensing industry is very much an industry where we move around. We often joke we're all inbred. We've all worked with each other in one or right. more jobs. So true. We've, we've taken each other's jobs over <laughs> very time. Very right? Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, musical chairs. Crayola yeah. is not that way. That was the most appealing thing to me when I was making the switch from entertainment to brand. What I loved about Crayola was it is a fam- it's a privately owned family company. And when you come, you come for a career. There are an incredible number of people within our small company that have been here 25 years or more. Of the leadership, I think my president, Rich Wordley, and I are probably the two uh, youngest tenured. Um, He's been with us four, and I've been here 13. And if you look at the rest of the leadership, 25 years, 15 years, 32 years. And that's the way it is across our company. People come and this is where you make a life and a career. Yeah. Well, and with all the reinvention and evolution of, of what you're doing, it's constantly, there's so much new there. There's so many more new things for the team to lean into and explore and expand and grow. And I think, you know, going back to that notion of, you know, people wanting to reinvent some part of their lives, it's pretty special when they get to do it within the context of where they are and not have to go outside the job to have something new and challenging or refreshing or where they get to lean into their passions and their interests and they get to kind of play within the existing framework of where they are because, you know, we're all human and, you know, we're all curious and it feels like you're bringing so much of that into the environment and the brand and the experience that one has working at the company, which is really fun. Um, So I I sort of, I, I think it's really a special aspect of the business. Um, what about for you? Do you feel like given all of that, um, you know, evolution and reinvention and newness that you're doing, do you feel like you could just keep doing this forever and ever and ever? Forever. I, I came to Crayola because I said it was the most under leveraged brand in America and it was already very, very well exposed. Uh, 
Um, I believe this brand has limitless potential. We have just announced Crayola Studios will now be going into the content space. Our digital apps are amongst uh, the best on Apple's platforms. We're number five in Apple Play, um, and they continue to grow by double digits every year. Um, There is not a side of this business that doesn't have runway for growth and newness and invention and creativity. Um, I don't think we will ever I actually, get I, I have one for you. We'll talk about it offline, but okay. I had a very interesting conversation with someone this week. I'm like, wait a minute, you need to be working with Crayola on that. So we'll have to chat about wow. that. I think you'll like it. I love that. I, I will tell you, Kathy, there's one other thing I love about being able to work on this brand and with this brand. And that is we think in a, a very long-term time frame. If we look at Kohl's, Kohl's was a multi-year initiative to get it to fruition. Flowers was three and a half years to bring that to market. We don't have to do things just because there's a a movie launching or an event happening. or We don't have to hit an anniversary. We get to do what's right for the consumer, right for our partners, right for the business. And that changes the nature it changes the nature of the business. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's wonderful because then you're really building the right thing the right way with the right timeline, which increases the chance for all the success that you're experiencing yeah. and can experience. And I think that's pretty amazing. And I know I've talked to your team about an amazing category that we're playing with. And as I said, something else that just came up that I think could be interesting to chat about. But I'm just so excited for you. And I think that, you know, you're you're really in a place where you get to put a lot of creativity. And this was just kind of what we said in the very, very beginning of your life. You sort of had that creative, curious sensibility and you're getting to fulfill that part of you as an individual in what you do every day. And I'm always advocating for people in these reinvention conversations in the book that I wrote and the conversations and the podcasts and all of these things that we have all the time to find something that you love and lean in it, understand what you value and what your values are and do that work and take a moment to reflect on, you know, what it is that you want to be doing and and try to find the things that you can lean into. And I'm just so delighted for you that you are in that place, that it does allow you to exercise the things that, you know, you're passionate about. And I'm sure there's a lot of other things outside of the, the walls of work that you do, but to know that you get to do that within the walls of work is also a pretty special thing. Kathy, you said it perfectly. Um, We have another colleague who likes the phrase, I get to do this. I get to do this every day. I wake up every morning excited about the work I get to do. And every day, pretty much across the entire licensing industry, but certainly at Crayola, we get to do something different every day. Licensing is not an industry about stagnation. It's always going to be about growth. And if you're someone who wants to do something different all the time and be challenged in new ways all the time, the licensing industry is an unbelievable industry to have a career in. And I'm just very fortunate to have, you know, found my way into a company and in a role where I get to do that. 
I'm blessed. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. I mean, look, you and I both have probably been going to the licensing show for, I don't know, in my book, probably 30 years already. And, you know, I always say to people, it's it's the place where pop culture emanates from. And yeah. that's a very large statement because when you think about what we experience in the world in terms of entertainment and experiences and merchandise and everything around us sort of when you go to the licensing show you sort of see that that is the nucleus where so much of it is sparked from and getting to play in that space and to your point and what you've just shared with us all the facets of what is possible it's multidimensional and has so much possibility. And whether it's sports, culture, IP, entertainment, personalities, products, you know, every everything is a point of entry and a point of possibility. And it is a beautiful space and, and a fun one. So I'm glad it brought us together. And I got to meet you many, many years ago when we get to have this conversation. And it's been a great journey. I really, yeah, I really appreciate your time, Warren. I, I know that you've got a million and one things to do by the sound of it. Um, but I really appreciate the insights that you've shared and the story of Crayola that you were able to share and just your own journey in getting there and being where you are today. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for being a guest on my show. And I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share before we have to sign off. but. I would just say this, if you're, if you're, if you found your way into this industry, this is, you're going to be your career. Very few people want to leave the industry. And my favorite thing to say to, to people who've just come in is when you get to the licensing show, go to the middle of the show and look around in, you know, 360 degrees, the number of brands where you can find a home where you can find a place to blossom, it's endless. So learn from those around you, whether they're above you, lateral to you, below you, and build a network because that network is going to be your set of colleagues for the rest of your career. Yeah, well said, but well said. Thank you. And thank you again for being my guest today. Thank you for our friendship. Um, I cannot wait to see what's next. I feel like we could spend another hour just having that conversation, but we're going to wait and see. Not and while we're recording. Get to enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, good. I'm turning off the mic and then we're going right. to keep talking. Um, okay. But thank you again. And for those who want to delve further into anything to do with reinvention, please go to the reinventionexchange.com. Lots and lots of great stories, interviews, anecdotes, um, inspired conversations. Of course, feel free to pick up a copy of my book, Reinvent Your Life. What are you waiting for? The forward was written by the amazing Quincy Jones, who is a dear friend and someone I've had the pleasure of doing some business with. Um, it's just a place to inspire that journey of yours. So go check it out. And if you'd like to get in touch with Warren, there'll be information on his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And uh, thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day and happy reinventing everybody. Thank you, Warren. Thanks for listening to The Power of Reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. 
Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, and discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing.